Happy Monday. Welcome to the Piero Pelka podcast. Kicking off the last couple of days of the month of February. March joins us on Wednesday, and uh, we will be in Washington, D.C. That's right. D.C. for CPAC, and we will be doing uh, some reporting from CPAC, so stay tuned. Also, we'll be joining Drew Steele on 92.5 Fox News right all along out of Fort Myers, Naples. So if you want to listen, you can uh, you can go to writeallalong.net, writeallalong.net, and we stream it from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. But there's a lot going on at CPAC. So be ready. We will, uh, we will try and give you just a boatload of great stuff. Uh, speaking of great stuff, today we have to talk about all the news from over the weekend, some shocking stuff, some not-so-shocking stuff. Before we do that, though, let's look at history on this day back in the day. Yesterday, Sunday, obviously no podcast yesterday, but yesterday was the 30th anniversary. The 30th anniversary of the first bombing of the World Trade Center, 1993, February 26th, there was a uh, an attempt to bring America to its knees by blowing up a, a van filled with, I think, 1,200 pounds of explosive. Six people were killed, more than 1,000 injured, and thank God we caught the perpetrators. And then, just a few short years later, on September 11th, 2001, the bombing was successful, bombing using airliners to bring down the World Trade Center. But a lot of people forget about the first attempt that actually happened. But um, not too much damage other than the six lives lost, which each one of those is valuable. Of course, 1,000 people injured. Uh, it's just a long forgotten anniversary. And maybe if the towers were still standing, we'd be thinking a little bit more about that. Also, on this day, the 27th back in the day, in 1827, New Orleans held the first Mardi Gras parades. It, uh, it's in cleanup mode now. Obviously, Mardi Gras ended last Tuesday. Ash Wednesday was last Wednesday. And now we wait till next year. In uh, 1844, the Dominican Republic declared itself independent. And if you've ever been there, it's a remarkable place. Splits the island of Hispaniola in half. You have Haiti on one side, the Dominican Republic on the other. And uh, Haiti's still struggling. The Dominican Republic seems to be doing pretty good. And a lot of great baseball players out of there. I wonder if it's in the water. What's going on? The times I have visited, I have noted there are many stadiums. Little stadiums all around the island, so I guess the baseball still does well and draws well, even in the the uh, little side areas, smaller towns on the island. In 1908, Oklahoma's joining the Union added a 46th star to the U.S. flag. Then we fast forward to 1964 when Italy said, hey, we got this leaning tower and we're worried about it. The one over in Pisa, of course. Anybody got any ideas? They took public suggestions on how to fix the tower. Eventually, they brought engineers into it who worked on it for years and years and years, and they have uh, resolved the problem. On this date in 1980, the Grammys did something they did once and never again. 
Once and Never Again in 1980. The Grammys awarded a uh, trophy for the best disco recording. That trophy was given to I Will Survive. And ironically, the disco awards did not survive. No more awards for disco after that. Kind of weird, isn't it? Very weird. And a big first in 1988, American ice skater Debbie Thomas, figure skater, was the first black American to win Olympic gold in the Winter Games. We usually see uh, Olympic gold in the Summer Games for people of color. This was the first time, and Debbie Thomas, what a remarkable skater. I think she's a doctor now. I have to go back and double check. All right, let's get into some of the big news of the day. We're also going to talk with uh, Lauren Fix, the car coach. She's got big car news that we have to get to as well. And maybe Wendy Patrick popping in to give us an update on what was going on with the uh, Murdoch case out of South Carolina. The big news over the weekend has to be, has to be that uh, it's generally accepted now that the COVID-1984 virus leaked out of a lab in China. The Department of Energy is now saying, and this is in a Wall Street Journal article, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a fringe operation. The Wall Street Journal has it. Of course, their partners in the New York Post have it. Uh, can we just say yes? It was a Chinese lab. Can we call it the China flu now without being called racist? So many people were called out when they said what most of us now agree is common knowledge. The Wuhan virus came from China. And let's not forget that, and we've had the audio on this show before, the, the audio from Jim Jordan, who now chairs committees that can look deeper into this. But uh, Jim Jordan, who showed us the truth about what the heck was going on with the Wuhan virus. And Fauci knew. Fauci knew on January 31st, of 2020 yeah over three years ago and he worked to cover it up and why probably because he helped fund it i'm just saying it's probably because dr fauci helped fund the work at the wuhan virology lab that he hit it forever and ever and ever so an apology is due to all the people who said yeah, we should look into that lab, and we were called racist. We were called wacko fringe speculators, but now we know. So let's just stop it. Let's just admit and apologize to us. And then let's press China, because if, if we lost over a million people due to COVID in this country, and more than 5 million people worldwide, uh, China owes us about $10 trillion dollars. And all of the businesses that were closed by the overreaction of states and the overreaction of federal governments, all the people who lost their jobs because they refused to get a vaccine that they worried about, all of those people, that's the only way I think reparations should be handed out in this country. We shouldn't do reparations for slavery. We shouldn't do reparations for anything other than the people who the government ruined their businesses and their lives due to COVID, and the government should get the funding from China. Cancel every dime we have in debt to China and then pay the people who you shut down. 
all of the gyms, all the restaurants, all the tiny stores. And maybe Big Pharma needs to give us a refund, too. Just throwing that out there. I know Senator Tom Cotton's got to be smiling today. I know Senator Rand Paul has to be leaving messages over at Dr. Fauci's office. Yeah, he has an office. He's he's not formally in charge, but you know he's still got offices. He's doing speeches around the country as well. So um, all, all the people who questioned, put on your superiority pants today and walk around and say, okay, okay, anybody want to apologize? They won't. They will not. They should, but they won't. The other stories that uh, we're keeping an eye on what's going on with uh, Ukraine because our president is, um, is still kind of hinting that uh, we might give F-16s to Zelensky and the Ukrainians. They want them. And Biden has said no for now. No for now. By adding the for now there, you raise all kinds of questions, sir. So it's um, it's a little concerning because it's not just Joe Biden now saying it. His um, his advisors are out there doing the Sunday morning shows and saying, well, you know, maybe not yet. Yeah, sure. We are looking closer and closer to handing these uh, these fabulous jets to Ukraine. I don't want Russia to overrun Ukraine, but I also don't want us to give uh, blank checks to the president, especially this president. He'll take a crayon out and write a check that none of us can afford. But um, we're so we're looking at, at what. Well, let me give an example of why I worry about Joe Biden. He was interviewed by ABC News and uh, he really just doesn't get it, does he? So I think things are a little out of whack, and I don't blame people for being down. You know, when you had a year, two years of, uh, of the pandemic, kids out of school, uh, the mental health problems in the country are seriously increased, especially among young people. Some things are, for example, even if they're feeling down about employment, they've got better jobs. They're making more money. Inflation is still higher than it should be, and, uh, you know, Everything from gasoline prices to a, to a, a war going on in Ukraine. I mean, so I can't think of a time when there's been greater uncertainty. Now- Gee, I can't think of a time there's been greater uncertainty. And who's in charge? You are, sir. You're the guy in charge. You've been there for over two years now. I can't think of a time there's been greater uncertainty. I wonder why. He was asked on Friday as he was leaving to go home to Delaware for the weekend. He was asked on Friday if he's going to show up in East Palestine. And uh, he said no, basically. But it's the rest of the answer that was kind of stunning and stupid at the same time. Are you planning to travel to East Palestine? Uh, probably not. I, was, I did a whole video. To, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, what the hell? On... Um, Zoom? Zoom. Zoom. All I can every time I think of Zoom, that song of my generation, who's Zooming who? Yeah, I'll tell you who's Zooming who. Uh, your party is Zooming us. If you watch the video for that, the unusual part of it is Joe Biden is trying to come up with the word Zoom. 
and he's got a tiny gaggle of press in front of him that he's addressing, and he looks over their heads to his body person or his helper who looks at him, and Joe is kind of giving him the eye, like, what word am I looking for? And you hear that person go, Zoom? Oh, uh, yeah, I did the Zoom thing, and all I can think of is who's Zoom and who. It's really kind of sad. Really kind of sad. Because um, he's not all there. He's not all there at all. And uh, he's not going, though. He's not going to go to the, the mess. Because now we're hearing that the citizens of East Palestine are experiencing respiratory issues. Some of them are saying their, their lungs burn at night. They have pain when they breathe. The president should make an appearance. Should make an appearance if, for no other reason than to uh, calm people's nerves. And he's losing. His administration is losing the PR battle on this. Even when you, you're um, out there with Mayor Pete... You're still losing because Erin Brockovich, who is a lefty, well, she's not taking any guff. That's a good word, guff on this. You don't have to go any further, in my opinion, than a 100-year study that we all know the miners did for us. It's called the canary in the mine shaft. Send the canary right. down there, it dies. Might not be good for humans. You have dead fish. Might not be good for humans. You have dead animals. Might not be good for humans. You've sent a horrible mixed message to this community. Drink the water, don't drink the water. Safe, not safe. It's, it's horribly confusing and extremely frustrating to them. And something actually has gone wrong here. And there's information that has yet to come forward. And the story will continue to unfold. It will continue to unfold and probably, sadly, for years, maybe decades. And, you know, Joe Biden was so strong when he talked about burn pits, especially with the funding for the people who were down at ground zero after the collapse of the World Tower uh, Trade Towers, after the attack by our enemies that took down the World Trade Center. Both those buildings and the smoldering mess of chemicals, it's equivalent to a burn pit. And all of the money we've spent dealing with the cancers that have arisen for the years after, decades after, those buildings went down. And Joe Biden related that to the burn pits in Iraq. And he claims that's what sickened his late son, Bo Biden. Well, what happened in East Palestine is along the lines of what happened in the burn pits at Ground Zero and the burn pits in Iraq. This administration's missing a gigantic opportunity, in my opinion, to talk about that and create a parallel. But no, they're avoiding it. And just uh, interestingly enough, Friday we were told that uh, the state of Texas was receiving some of the, some of the polluted water, some of the tainted water. And now we understand Michigan is getting some of the stuff, too. And uh, both of the governors were surprised. So the EPA wasn't telling those governors they were getting this contaminated water and soil. The EPA suddenly halted those shipments until they could sort it out, I guess guaranteeing payment to make sure that this wouldn't just transfer the pollution of this deadly toxic stuff from one state to another. Those uh, shipments resume today. The EPA is telling everyone it is firmly entrenched and uh, in charge. We'll see. 
There was uh, also a little controversy on Saturday Night Live this weekend, and uh, I think it relates to the, the dropping confidence in government that Americans are experiencing under Biden and his cacistocracy. And it was during the opening monologue, SNL, which I watch every week, I keep an eye on them, just in hopes that maybe comedy will return, or to shout out all of the horrible things they say to point out the errors they make. And they opened up mocking Donald Trump, Donald Trump showing up at uh, East Palestine, which is funny to me because uh, Donald Trump showed up. He made the effort. This president did not give Donald Trump credit for trying. This guy ain't even trying. And after that, and after the endless credits rolled, Woody Harrelson came out to host for the fifth time on SNL. I guess he's got a movie coming out in a couple of weeks. And, uh, He shocked the left because Woody Harrelson basically went after Big Pharma when he talked about a movie that was pitched to him years ago, years and years and years ago. Listen to what he said. Hey, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? So the audience was kind of nervous about it. Typical liberal audience in New York City. They were a little nervous about, wait a minute, is there a parallel here? It sure sounds like it. Sure sounds like a parallel to the last three years of big pharma, the big drug cartels, if you will, colluding and getting people to stay at home unless, of course, they take their drugs. That's in the script. The liberal media is freaking out over that. The other part of it is I was watching the news segment, Weekend Update, they call it on SNL. And uh, the first few jokes were kind of shots at Biden and the Biden administration. Don't believe me? Here it is. This week, President Biden made a historic visit to Ukraine and met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Volensky, where they greeted each other like two action figures having sex. (laughs) While Biden was in Ukraine, Republicans criticized his delayed response to the Ohio train derailment. But Biden said he was just waiting to shoot the train down until it was over the ocean. President President Biden is being praised for his surprise visit to Ukraine by taking a 10-hour train ride from Poland. Big deal. You know who else takes a long-ass train ride through an active war zone? Every New Yorker. (laughs) China is trying to help end the war in Ukraine and proposed a 12-part plan for peace. The catch is the 12 parts have to be assembled by children. The first four jokes were basically going after, well, China was the victim of the last one, but we've allowed China to make children and uh, slave labor a thing. We haven't pushed back on that human rights violation. So that was a little stunning to me. And there were actually a couple of funny sketches on SNL this weekend. Funny. Yes, I laughed at things on SNL this weekend. What could I possibly have found funny? They uh, mocked that... uh, that colon test, Cologuard, and it was very funny. And they actually spent money animating it. Kind of an interesting thing. You can find them on Twitter. 
They're out there. They're all out there. Uh, while we're on this administration, let's give them one more shot. Uh, Joe Manchin, who looks and, and sounds more and more like he's going to run and challenge Biden. Biden's only got one a formally announced challenger, and that would be Marianne Williamson. She of the Unicorn Party. That's not really her party. That's what I call it. She's actually announced she's going to run in 2024. And we anticipate, especially after the latest round of polling that shows uh, the Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run. They're worried about the old man. But it looks like Gavin Newsom would run if Biden's not in. He's kind of hinted at that. But is Joe Manchin going to run? He sure sounds like it. Senator, do you regret voting for that massive spending bill uh, last summer? You were given a promise that your permitting would be in the bill. Uh, Chuck Schumer did not keep that promise. Do you regret it in retrospect? Well, no, not at all. As far as the Inflation Reduction Act will be the most transformative bill that we've ever had in the United States uh, in Congress as far as I've been there because it's energy security. So he's certainly going to go along with the green agenda. But he's wrong on energy security. Energy security happens when we have energy from our own supplies that we are selling in our market and then around the world, which really is the answer. That's the answer. To go back to the uh, Trump policy. But keep an eye on Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin and, you know, in terms of who's going to run on the GOP side, you only have a couple of announced, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramiswamy, who's a brilliant guy. I just think Americans might freak out over his name. He is truly a genius, and I think he'd have great policies. We'll see more of him, and we'll find out. But Tim Scott also is sounding more and more like he's going to be a candidate, and I think he would be a formidable candidate as well as Ron DeSantis. We'll see what happens on that. Any other news I want to get to before we talk to Lauren Fix and about uh, about the cars? Hmm. Oh, this news about John Fetterman, Senator John Fetterman, who's in the hospital for depression, clinical depression, probably going to be there for a couple of weeks. I saw a post from John Fetterman's wife, who I still believe has aspirations to replace him. I don't think he's healthy. I think he should be working on his own health and recovery. And never should have been a senator, should have told us about the stroke before the primary, but he didn't. And here we are because Pennsylvania. But Fetterman's wife, when he checked into Walter Reed Hospital, she visited him, put up a a little flag that you buy in the gift shop that says, uh, we'll get through this together one day at a time. And then she packed up the kids and drove to Canada for a vacation and posted pictures on the Internet. And I called out the hypocrisy of that, and she blocked me on social media. Interesting. Very interesting that uh, Mrs. Fetterman, who I still believe wants to be the senator, couldn't handle anyone pointing out the hypocrisy. Uh, Jeb Bush, by the way, we were talking about uh, 2024. Jeb Bush gave an endorsement to um, DeSantis even though DeSantis isn't announced. And uh, congratulations to Cori Bush, the super liberal leftist Democrat representative. Cori Bush, who was all about defund the police. 
Corey Bush, who's talked about having to spend over $100,000 on private security. Corey Bush got married to the head of her security detail, her private security detail. <laughs> I guess it's an episode of The Bodyguard <laughs> waiting to happen. Uh, we will see. We shall see. Um, the other story I have to get to today, uh, the box office, a movie I want to see, Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear uh, just uh, came out of nowhere. It looks like a crazy film. I, sh- I think it's a low-budget film, brought in $23 million, uh, second place this weekend. And uh, Ant-Man, which I've never seen the original. This is another another sequel to Ant-Man. At Ant-Man had a... Uh, Nearly 70% drop in revenue from its uh, launch last week. So maybe Cocaine Bear climbs ahead of Ant-Man next week. Cocaine Bear. Uh, I have about as much interest in Ant-Man as I do in seeing the Lego movie. That's just me. I have taste. In um, other news that uh, I, I think we should make note of today... Uh, Keep an eye on people buying up single-family homes as investments. The Wall Street Journal is telling us, uh, not only are they telling us about the COVID is actually from a lab link, but they're also telling us that uh, investors are buying up single-family homes and creating a, a, a market for rental properties because rents are going through the roof. Maybe this will give us a little spark in the real estate market. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And the, the story last week that we got mad about the uh, Roald Dahl, the great children's author Roald Dahl, who had uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, also known as Willy Wonka, to people who never read the book. And uh, James and the Giant Peach had his books put through the woke processor. Well, now, uh, the James Bond books, as we come up on the 70th, anniversary of the James Bond franchise, these novels are being rewritten and uh, they are being uh, put through the woke progressive filter. Give me a break. Ian Fleming Publications owns the literary rights and they have commissioned what they call sensitivity readers to change the language. I wonder if Pussy galore is going to be removed. We'll keep an eye on that. So much, so much craziness out there. All right, let's get a little, uh, a little knowledge and information. Let's get a little car smarts in here. Our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, joins us next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Revving engine means we're talking to our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach. She is uh, the go-to on everything that goes on four wheels and sometimes things that go on fewer than four wheels. Lauren is everywhere on social media. You should follow her on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but most importantly on YouTube, the car coach reports channel will give you car smarts every week. There's sometimes three, four, five reports, but at least one really killer one. And she's joining us now. Hello, my friend. Hello. Yeah, I, I've been trying to put out two news segments a week on Tuesdays and Fridays. And every day of the week, we try to put out something that will help you get car smarts. So it could be a car review, which we try to do two of those this week as well. And then we fill in with other information because not everybody watches the news. So I take down my news segments and I 
repackage them and I put them out there so that you can get just cut out the garbage and cut right to the chase so that you learn something. That's cool. Now, did you um, did you already go to Spain to drive that last Jaguar or when is that? No, that's coming up soon. I've got two European trips coming up. I'm going to uh, Spain in mid-March to uh, drive the last Roadster Jaguar, the last E-Type. So they call it an F-Type, but I call it an E-Type. It's, it's basically the new Jaguar. No more cars from Jaguar. I think it's a foolish move because that's what their heritage is, including racing. And I have a racing Jaguar that went four-owned Jaguar. And then I'm going back again in September for the Goodwood Revival. Uh, and that is where the old cars race at Goodwood, which is a private property. And uh, spent a couple of days in London, and I use all my mileage points to pay for this so that I can go and have a little bit of fun. <laughs> Good for you. And I will see you at the auto show in New York City in a few weeks as well. Yes, yes, I look forward to that. So we're waiting on all that, all those details coming up as well as the World Car of the Year Awards will be announced there. Oh, very cool. And Lauren yeah. gives us a scoop on that as well. What are we learning this week, Lauren? Well, this week, I, I tried to come up with some information so people could really use and share this information. The big one right now is I'm suddenly seeing a lot of articles about these e-bikes and e-scooters catching fire. And why do they catch fire? Well, there's a lot of them made in China. China seems to have taken over the whole e-market, filled out cars, bikes, whatever. And people plug them in and they don't all have auto shutoffs. So what happens is it keeps charging and it overheats the battery and it causes a fire. And the fires have gotten to the point that they've increased 230% just in New York City alone. Hmm. How how does that go unnoticed? If there's a 10% increase in something, people raise their hands and go, <clears throat> hey, we got a problem here. Right. Well, last over the last two years, 11 people had died uh, just because of these fires. You don't, you're sleeping, you don't know. But 251 people were injured, and many buildings in New York City have now banned anything electric bikes or scooters because of this. Um, recently, four people died, 79 injured, 104 lithium-ion battery-fueled blazes in homes. So it's not just in buildings, it's everywhere. So when you think about this, you know, six people were recently killed in one building. I mean, look at all these articles I saved, and I'm like, this is crazy. But why is it happening? It's not just the bikes and the scooters. It's also happening with cars. Now, I'm not saying that every car is going to catch fire. I'm not saying, you know, run away. I'm saying if you're going to put a charging station in your home, please have a certified electrician install it for you. It's going to cost money. Yes, I get it. But the mistake of not doing it properly could lead to a fire. And it's not the car's fault. It's the fault of the charging system. Also, if the car is in an accident, you need to get the heck out of the car as soon as possible, as safely as possible, because these cars, when the batteries are damaged, they can catch fire. They overheat, and one cell triggers the next, and that fire, you, you go into an instant fight or flight. Let me tell you, when, you, when you're in a vehicle that's caught fire. I've been in a, a race car that's caught fire, and boy, you move faster than you ever thought you could move. I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Yeah, you get a lot stronger and a lot faster. But let's go back here, because you were talking about the bikes first, the e-bikes. And uh, I have a brother who rides an e-bike uh, virtually every day to his office instead of driving his car in Florida, which he says it's a, it's a great experience. But it, the batteries are catching fire because they're overheating because there isn't some kind of technology to tell the charger, the charging system and the bike that, hey, we're full. Right. So it depends on what you buy. You buy the cheap stuff, you get what you pay for. And sometimes even on the expensive things. So you need an automatic shutoff. 
So what happens when the battery's fully charged on a scooter or a bike? It's supposed to, on a top quality one, again, there's a lot of junk out there, and there's some stuff even made here in the U.S., the battery is supposed to reduce its energy by 10% and then recharge back up. And so what it's doing is it's continually keeping a charge, like a trickle charge on the battery, unlike ones that just, it's fully charged, and now you're still plugged in the wall, it's still taking on energy, and at some point it just overheats the battery, which then smokes and catches fire. And by the time you see the fire, it's too late. This is crazy that that it's not getting enough attention. It seems like that would have to be a mandatory feature or function of that charging program. Well, everything comes from China. Well, while we're on the topic of that, um, you also mentioned to me uh, before we started here that uh, China is going to completely take over the electric vehicle business. They are dominating the world in electric cars. And they've been working on this since about 2000. They took engineers from Audi and Mercedes and Ford and every car company they could. And they brought, they were, they were either Chinese nationals or they, they had some connection to China. They brought them on board and they managed to become the world leader by doing two things. One, owning all the rare earth mineral mines. They own about 70% of the cobalt, cadmium, lithium, mercury mines and so forth. And again, some of those mines are also in the Ukraine and Russia. So we don't have access to those unless you want to pay the price. And believe me, they make you pay the price. And at the same time, they just steal the technology they want. Oh, you want to build a Tesla factory in China? Okay, you can do that, but we own half the company, which means we also have access to all of your data, all your technology, all of your, everything that's patented. They don't care. So why Cadillac has a plant there, Ford has a plant there, Volkswagen, Tesla, everybody, they just take the technology and the information they want. And you see companies like, BYD and NEO taking over and they're the number one selling vehicles in China because of that. And it's really interesting to watch. But what's really neat is, and I don't know, neat, let's say interesting, good, good data to have is, well, we're all trying to go electric and green here by 2035 and New York and California is going to lead the pack. We don't have the grid to support it. We're never going to have a national grid as you and I discussed before we started this conversation. And there's never going to be a national grid. And the grid needs complete updating in every single state. Well, in China, what they're doing is they're building coal plants. They're building nuclear power plants. And they really don't care because it's about them being in charge and owning the auto industry. And their goal is to put pressure on us to go all electric. At the same time, they own all the parts and pieces that put it together. I mean, Ford just tried to have a a deal with a CATL, which is a a a, a battery manufacturing company they were going to produce they're going to build in virginia and governor youngkin said no you're not building that here so now ford is in a situation where they want to build batteries with china here in the u.s i don't think it's a good idea but then again i don't own ford nor do i have stock in ford i mean this is the problem if we're going to build it here we have to own it if we don't own the minerals we don't own the manufacturing plants China owns the industry. We are now beholden to them instead of the Middle East. Well, uh, as a recovering electric car owner, someone who doesn't want to drive an electric car, someone who did (laughs) drive an electric car, I've seen the errors of my ways. Uh, And I also understand that if we get to even 20% EVs on the road in this country, our grid will be at risk. Our power grid won't be able to handle it. China is seven times the no how big are they there's five times the size of america in terms mm-hmm. of population how right. are they if they have all these uh, cars they could have over 300 million electric cars on the road how the hell are they going to have the grid to support that 
Well, China has the largest car market in the world. And India is number three, by the way, because you might be wondering. We're number two for now. India is about ready to surpass us. So China says, well, we don't have the electricity. So they still have gasoline-powered vehicles. In big cities like Beijing, they try they give huge incentives to pay, make people purchase electric vehicles, including you can't get a license plate. You'll have to wait and pay thousands of dollars if you have a gasoline-powered car. So what are they doing to increase their grid? They're building nuclear power plants. Last year, they built 17 of them. And they're using coal-fired plants. And they're using natural gas, using everything that we're trying to shut down here so why our government is not paying attention we're being blindsided by china who's like yeah i'm not following along with this green agenda thing we're doing what we want to do and we're going to make you follow the green agenda so that we can own the auto industry which the u.s used to own and they're going to give it up germany's going to give it up japan korea if they're foolish they're going to go all in on china and china will control the whole market and they'll control everything you do and listen in on it, too. Well, that sucks. Not happy Sorry. about that. Oh, it's all right. Sorry, it's I, can tell, I can lie and make you feel better. No, you can't. <laughs> I don't, the truth has no agenda. I appreciate it. Lauren, before we get out of here, every week you kind of give me an update on uh, the car market's new and used car prices because people are trying to make decisions on whether or not this is a good time. Where are we on new and used car prices right now? Well, it keeps fluctuating, and part of that has to do with inflation. So Friday's segment... That I, that I just shot is about the used car prices and they're starting to pop back due to inflation rising. So we had a dip in pricing because interest rates rise. Now we've got supply slowly coming in of used cars of all across the whole lineup. <clears throat> and then what happens on the backside is we have inflation. So why the government's saying, oh no, everyone can afford everything. Listen, we can't afford eggs. We can't afford bacon, regular food. Electricity is more expensive, literally everything, clothes, gas, everything's more expensive. So people are looking at used cars and the demand for that is increasing. And we still have an issue with new cars. It's not just the chips now. We've got problems with missing badges and components and pieces and parts. And where are they made? China. I mean, even Ford is missing logos to go on the front of their pickup trucks. I'm still waiting on my pickup truck. I may get it someday when we're talking. Guess what? But we're, we're like, uh, I ordered it in July of last year. So still waiting. Um, but part of it is they're missing logos for the front of the truck. I'll take the truck without the logo, but they won't sell it that way. So this is going to be a problem. Used car market is in high demand. New car market is still very slow. So if you're thinking about buying a car, the one thing I'm going to tell you to save a few bucks is go to a credit union. Save the money. Get your credit set up in advance. Know what you can afford. Don't buy too much. Recession's here. It's not leaving. Inflation's not going anywhere but up. So with that in mind, buy less, not more. Always good smarts from Lauren Fix. Car smarts on the 4-Minute Friday reports every week when you go to the Car Coach Reports channel on YouTube. Or you can just hang out wherever I am on the radio and you'll usually hear Lauren. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.